Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week, we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing, the show where we sit down with experts from Powered by Search to look at a SaaS company's marketing strategy and what they could do to improve it and what they're doing brilliantly already. Today, I'm with Pedro. Pedro, how's it going? Hey, Mark, I'm doing fine. And you? Yeah, so far, so good. It's a, a very sunny Thursday morning here in the UK. And how's it in Brazil? Well, it is hot in Brazil right now and also really sunny, thankfully. We had a lot of rainy days in the past. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow, okay. I never associate Brazil with rain. Yeah, it rains a lot here. Disney probably sold me the wrong idea of Brazil, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, hey, today we are taking a look at Activate. Activate, in case you haven't done a bunch of research on it, I've already prepared a intro segment here that we can look at here. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give you some context around Activate. Activate is an inventory management software that integrates deeply with QuickBooks. They were founded in 2003 in Arlington, Texas. Now, like the majority of companies we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. Our bet today is that they're doing around $6 million ARR with a marketing team of four and about 36 people overall. We're going to share strategy ideas for demand gen and SEO with SEO strategist Pedro Villalobos. Let's dive in. So that was a little bit of info about Activate. Pedro, what do you want to talk about first? Well, the website's doing really well on search at the moment. They do have some relevant search traffic. The biggest amount of their traffic isn't for relevant keywords, the right keywords. But when you look into it, uh, you can see that they do work around some bottom funnel keywords, some really specific content that definitely is bringing business to them. Uh, But when you take a look at this bigger traffic you will see that they have a lot of traffic going to their support pages i mean they do have interesting content that might be relevant to a lot of their customers or not and they aren't really looking at opportunities around this so this is one point that i would like to discuss further on yeah i mean we were talking just before we started this recording actually about uh, activate's website And they've got an extensive website. We don't often come across companies who have a website that covers most of the basis of information. But Activate definitely does. Pedro, dive a little bit deeper into what you were just saying about how the search volume and the intent there all works. Yeah, the search volume uh, overall is okay considering their business. Uh, They are doing around 15 to 18,000 organic traffic per month. I mean, looking at the tools we have at our disposal, we don't have access to their analytics or anything. But when you look at the most important keywords, the most commercial keywords, they are bringing just a little bit of traffic, like 10, 15 visitors per month. But these pages might be converting well. The problem is when you have this amount of unnecessary traffic going to your website, you kind of have to take advantage of this. I mean, okay, your conversion won't be so high as for the bottom of funnel traffic, but you might end up converting some and they aren't doing anything about this. 
So yeah, yesterday I was actually doing a little bit of maths on uh, what this might look like in terms of conversion from high volume keywords. So example here, this isn't to do with Activate's industry, but I was researching the keyword, what is project management? There's like 26,000 people a month search, what is project management uh, around the world? So pretty high volume keyword, not the highest, but certainly high volume. Now, it's a hard keyword to rank for. So let's say you're creating a page now. Let's maybe say that you managed to rank on page one and you managed to get 1% of people who search for that every month to view your article. That's 260 people. Now let's say that 1% of those sign up for your service because you've got a free trial, for example. That's 2.6 free users a month. Um, 0.6 of a person, then you've got, like, let's say 1% of the people who sign up for the free trial end up converting into a paid plan. You end up with 0.026 paid plans a month. It's a project management tool. One seat, maybe it costs $9 a month subscription. It's probably a bit low. It's kind of like a facetious example here. But from that 26,000 search volume article, you get 0.23 dollars MRR per month. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about like high volume but low intent. It's not it's kind of not a case of all that glitters is gold, is it, with with this stuff. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you are already ranking for it for any reason, uh, maybe your website has some strong topical relevance for the term, that's cool. You can take advantage of it. But just having the traffic, let's say they have, I don't know, 10%, they are still adding way too little ARR and it's not worth the time, right? The investment's too high to rank, especially for difficult keywords. Yeah, exactly, because you're going to have to put a lot of effort into writing the content in the first place, but also then maintaining the ranking as well. What would you suggest they do differently? Well, they are already doing a good job on the bottom funnel keywords, as I said, but the top of funnel keywords, I would just take advantage of what they already have in traffic. For example, they do have some traffic to their hub domain. It's a support page, but their support page doesn't guide the user that lands in there to a conversion page or to explain what they do. They are already offering this content and they already have this traffic. It's not the type of content that they can just index because it's relevant for the users. So they might end up adding this Saints MRR to them and trying to get some better conversions out of it, some brand recognition as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, support articles are often interesting, aren't they? Because you've got these people who are looking for support articles are often very interested in using a product They might actually already be using the product, but that's still important for SaaS. You can't just acquire users, you also need to retain them. So you need to solve their problems even after you've won them. But the other thing is, many times support articles for categories of product are actually similar. So Activate's competitors may also have the same support requests coming in. Now, you should never just think of support requests as something that you do for your customers, but also think about, okay, well, how can we produce that content that relates to the same pain, but for our brand? So like, how do we turn this into a thing about competitors? Or how do we turn this into a thing about acquiring customers in the first place? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a really cool perspective. And you just got me an idea here. We usually guide our clients to create comparison content, alternative to content. And when you have this type of traffic to your support page, you can just talk about how you perform compared to your competitors right in there. So the user who might be familiar to your competitors start knowing you and consider your product as a proper alternative. I think that's really interesting. And actually, while we were researching for this, I took a look at Activate's Captera pages and also G2. So one of the things that is probably a really good opportunity for Activate on Captera and G2 is to go look at what people are actually saying already about the product. And what they'll notice is that actually the length of the negative reviews significantly longer than the positives. Now, there's only so much you can do about negative reviews, but one of the things that you can do to turn it into a win is you can say, okay, well, let's look at this with cold objectivity here. Maybe our product doesn't do what these customers are looking for. That's not a bad thing necessarily, because A, maybe we can look to refine our messaging if we're constantly hearing from the same kind of customer that the product isn't quite working for them. Because ultimately, if those customers are constantly saying those things, sooner or later, they're going to churn, right? You don't want people who are going to churn in one year or two years. You want people who are going to stay for a long period. Refining the messaging based on their criticisms of the product would allow you to maybe disqualify them from signing up in the first place, which ultimately means you can make better marketing investments in product, right? But the second thing, even if you decide not to do that, which you know some people will freak out about when I, when I say that, don't, you know, send send away bad fit uh, customers. One of the alternatives there is to say, oh, okay, look, some of this is fair, but you know, maybe some of it is just because you know, I used to say, running a SaaS myself, the user is drunk. Like, not every user knows what they're doing. They're often like clicking about aimlessly. That being said, that's a good opportunity to. A, create these support articles that we've talked about. So take each one of those criticisms and say, is this an article? Is this a blog post maybe that we can you know, use? Or could we drop in a box into an article related to this topic that explains how you'd use our product to actually accomplish this? Captera negative reviews and G2 negative reviews are actually a goldmine for content, not just for your, on your competitors' directory pages, but also on your own. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, when you think about what people are complaining, maybe they just don't know how to use your product. As you said, they are just clicking. And sometimes your messaging is wrong. And by guiding your visitor to the right place, you end up selling more and usually really cheap and fast to rank for problems because no one's ranking for really long tail keywords. And those are high convertible ones. For sure. I was looking the other day at um, an old piece of content that I'd written for someone which was related to a long tail keyword and found this 200 search volume on it. And we were getting like 100 signups from that one piece of content that took probably 20 minutes to write one time because no one else thought, I'm going to go off and rank for that thing. Right now, if you do the same math that I did on that high volume search thing earlier, like you're going to see a higher click through rate, you're going to see a higher conversion rate down funnel and ultimately of those 100 people 
you know, some of those people are going to pay you a monthly subscription and it's going to be a higher number than the, you know, the 0.023 cents or whatever that you would get from the high volume thing. So it's totally worth doing. Uh, what else should we talk about here, Pedro? Well, they do have a really strong website, as I said, and they prioritize content and information. But the problem is its structure is not so well built. When you take a look at it from the perspective of our own authority architecture framework, the website isn't properly guiding the visitor to the right places, to the right answers. The lead has to guess where they want to be. Their top menu is too vague and their bottom menu is too full of information. Uh, what I would probably do is to organize this information a little bit more and also better structure, especially the blog content, because right now there is no distinction between what is blog content, what is page content, where each of them lives and their blog isn't ranking so well, definitely, because they aren't linking to it internally. So they have a lot of content there. I believe they have more than 50 blog posts that don't appear on searches at all because not even its own website shows them as relevant content. That's really interesting because I actually browsed this for a long time earlier. I didn't know that they had a blog at all. So that's probably telling. You know, I'm still looking at it here and I still actually can't find where to find the blog. Oh, it's I've got community down here. So there's apparently 50,000 people in their community. I think I read that somewhere on their site. That's a big opportunity as well. Let me talk a little bit about kind of their landing page here, their homepage. As we said, big congratulations to Activate for creating a comprehensive website. Nobody can fault them on that for sure. The downside of that is that the information is often so deep. There's so much stuff to look at that their homepage is actually quite, I found it hard to read because there's too much content on it. That's not how most people look at landing pages on software websites, right? Yeah, that's true. And that's usually a mistake people do when they think about SEO. They try to add a lot of content, but the semantics are important. To have the content properly organized is important. Google search and other search engines aren't just looking for the content anymore. They also look on how we structure them, how easy it is for the user to understand that content. Yeah, for sure. And in fact, while we're talking about search engines, by the way, um, I noticed that on the homepage, there's actually a lot of sections of the page where there's images that have text in them. Definitely, although Google is clearly getting better at recognizing text and images, it's still not a good idea to put your things like, I think it's customer testimonials and stuff into images. Put those just as copy on the page. You don't need to use an image for that. So definitely recommend that. But just going back a, a couple of minutes here, I would suggest cutting down the text on the page by about 30 to 40%. This would allow the users to read it more clearly. And think about, if I was Activate, I'd be thinking about how do I structure that page so that it takes people down a narrative of why they might need to add Activate as well as using QuickBooks. Because the whole message of the Activator trying to get across is at a certain point, businesses outgrow QuickBooks. And although they could do X, Y, and Z, so they could use a spreadsheet, although they could do you know whatever, what they should do is they should use Activate. And here is why. Then I would say, okay, what are the features that mean that Activate solves the problems that people feel with QuickBooks's kind of native features and functionality? And then, and then I would, 
you know, talking about that community that we were mentioning earlier, I would go to that community and I would find people who have used Activate to solve the problem that they ran into with just using QuickBooks or QuickBooks on a spreadsheet or whatever they were using. And I would take testimonials from those people and put them directly next to the text that kind of talks about a problem. What this does is it breaks up the visual flow of the page in a way that allows people to quickly skim. They'll see faces, they'll see logos, they'll see next to those things, hey, that person's like me, but here's the problem that they faced that I also face, and they solved it with this, and then they achieved these goals, right? That's a huge opportunity, I think, here for Activate. Yeah, Mark, I agree with you, especially when you have the social proof content uh, to support what you're talking about. It becomes highly engaging and, I mean, it's a no-brainer to buy stuff that you know someone is using and solving their problems. You know that someone real, someone you saw in a forum, some business you know, that's the core idea behind using it. For sure, I think that's definitely true. Do we want to talk about category pages a little bit? Yeah, thinking about the whole structure of the website and our on suggested authority architecture framework, I think it's too spread. There is too much information. So it might be interesting to index some of the content, combine them as it's possible to do with the blog posts, because again, there is way too much content and this content might not be relevant for the end user. It might be better if we have some of the content on a help page or transform it into videos. I mean, there's too much content. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always surprising to me, actually. You know how the kind of the classic wisdom is: if we address everything with our website, we won't need to talk to as many people. We won't need to do the same things. We'll be more efficient, right? But actually, you end up with a better overall outcome a lot of the time by cutting down on stuff. A couple of reasons for that. You're the expert here, Pedro, but the danger of having so much stuff is that you end up sort of cannibalizing your search rankings in any case. So you've got, like, let's say you've got 100 pages. That's a big website, first of all. That's a lot of information. But, like, how many opportunities there do you have to rank for the same keyword multiple times? That's not a good thing, by the way. Uh, you want to control the message, you want to make sure that the intent is good. And then I think like the other thing about that is that people overestimate the amount of content that you need to actually convert a customer. In fact, giving them so much content can sometimes stifle the decision-making path. Instead of giving them so much, you could just improve the organization of that, right? So most people would benefit from a clearer set of pages. The first one is the homepage. That's a classic. Got to get that right. But then also you've got the pricing, you've got the about page maybe um, telling the kind of why us story. Then you've got feature pages. But then we might have industry pages, so like use cases or for you know X job title and things like that. Now, the benefit of doing it like that versus just having something for everyone on every page is that you actually really control somebody's journey. So let's say I'm a warehouse manager in a coffee roasting business that has just outgrown QuickBooks. Now, if I come to Activate's website, all I really want to know is, do these people understand my problem? Do they have a solution for my problem? And what have other people done to solve the problem? That's what I want to know on the homepage. 
on the features page, I might want to be able to dive deeper into generic kind of, this is how these features align to pain points that people like me feel. But then I want to go and I'd want to find kind of a page somewhere on that site that says, here's how we help coffee roasting warehouse fulfillment managers solve their unique problems, right? And I believe that Activate have that somewhere on their website because they've got a lot of stuff, but I don't know where it is. And that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the, the topical relevance of a website, if you're talking about way too many things, your website isn't specialized on anything and it doesn't have authority on anything. It has a little bit of information on everything. It's just editorial, right? So you want to remove content that guides your user away from your authoritative content. And also you have to be careful. It's really something that people tend to do a lot in SEO. They create content that generates the rabbit hole effect. You land on one page, you go to another one, to another one, to another one, and the user is there, they are getting a lot of information, but they are not getting the right information. In fact, you have to combine this uh, information and the pillar contents with uh, guiding the user down your funnel. The user has to learn more and be guided to the conversion, not just learn more and more and more and more and more. Because in the end, you might just end up teaching them you have a lot of traffic again, but that does doesn't convert. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's just talk briefly about um, advertising as well. So paid media. Now, for anyone who hasn't listened to this before, Pedro works in SEO, and I'm a general demand gen person. So neither of us are PPC experts. That being said, we work with a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so a couple of things that I wanted to point out. So Activate aren't actually doing very much advertising at all from the looks of it. So we don't have access to their ad accounts, but what we can see from using the kind of the intelligence tools about search is that they're bidding on a couple of keywords that really surprised me. I expected to find that they were bidding on things like Activate, branded search. But what it turns out they're bidding on is things like how to start a commercial coffee roasting business. Now, at first, I thought maybe I typed in the wrong domain into the search tool to look at the wrong company. But it turns out when you click through to their landing page, you can actually see that they have a page on their website called, you know, how to start a commercial coffee roasting business. That's really interesting. So firstly, it feels like that's probably a good post to have somewhere because there are probably people who are, I would say, actually top of funnel because they won't have started a business at all at this point. But but eventually, those people, if they are successful, they will need a tool like Activate. You know, if they're using QuickBooks, you go for it. The traffic is too far away from the money. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I say it's top of funnel. Now, what we would normally recommend is you take your customer's pain points and create pages for those. So I think they're on the right path, but it just hasn't quite clicked for them yet in terms of strategy. A better thing to do would be to say, okay, well, what what do commercial coffee roasting businesses, what's their problem when they come to Activate? Like, what are they looking to solve? Create a page about that thing and then send traffic to that with paid media. That's a much better move. Now, one way that you could do that would be to go off and find somebody who was a, a commercial coffee roast, who it, well, still is a commercial coffee roasting business, who has the problem or had the problem that you're looking to solve. Get them to tell their story. Maybe 
in a kind of a nice, you could even do that with a nice video that would go down really well, I bet, and also give you stuff for social ads. But tell that story in a way that aligns, activates business with the story itself, so and the pain point ultimately. Help the customer to understand how they can solve their problem, even with your PPC landing pages. Like it's all important. The other thing about their landing pages is that there's a URL tag on the logo. So the logo of the Activates logo actually links through to their homepage. Firstly, that's quite unusual for a landing page of PPC. Most PPC landing pages won't do that. But in this case, the interesting thing is they're advertising on Google, but they've got a UTM tag, so a tracking tag of Captera on their logo. Now, totally fine if you're sending Captera traffic to that page only, but you are sending Google ad traffic to it as well. Now, how this is going to play out for them is they will be making poor investments about where to, poor choices about where to invest their ad budget in future. Because what will happen is someone will click through that on Google. Then they might read the page and think, oh, this is for me. How do I sign up? Well, I'll go to their homepage. To do that, I'll click their logo. And as soon as they click the logo, analytics is going to start attributing that not to Google, but to Captera. So if I'm a marketing manager at Activate, I'm looking at the analytics, like Google Analytics, for example, and I'm thinking, great, Captera is sending us traffic, right? It's sending us paid customers. I'll increase my investment on Captera, but in reality, that increased investment might not be going to increase customers because actually Google is responsible for sending that. It's just the attribution of that has gone wrong somewhere along the line. So yeah, a couple of opportunities there. Firstly, improve the pages themselves, improve the user intent and how that is met. Maybe think about running some social ads. I think that's a good opportunity here because there's a lot of people working in D2C who are going to be growing businesses, e-commerce as well. And those companies tend to hang out on Instagram a lot of the time because they sell a lot through Instagram. That means that if you're running Instagram ads that align to their pain points, which Activate aren't actually doing at the moment, you're likely to start attracting customers from there or at least people looking to to become customers. Pedro, we've got to finish up in a second, but do you have anything you want to say before we do? Yeah, I think the last thing I would change on the website, and that's something they can do really fast, talking again about the topical relevancy, is to properly index their pages. Right now they're indexing tag pages, category pages that aren't just relevant. If they remove those pages from Google index, they will highly benefit from showing the right pages when people are looking for them. I mean, no one wants to search for coffee roasting software and up on the category, not on the page talking to you about how to roast your coffee, right? Yeah, certainly. In fact, we have an article on our blog that Pedro wrote about some kind of low-hanging fruit for SEO wins. And one of those is around the indexing as well. So it's definitely worth a read. There's a good case study in there. Yeah, definitely check that out. Well, Pedro, that's all we have time for today. <laughs> There's a lot more we could fit in if we had a little while longer. But hey, it's good to leave people wanting more. Thanks for your time today, Pedro. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. All right, catch you soon. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups. 
with demand gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.